It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we had a great week for entertainment debuts, Mike. Like, uh-huh. everything was this week, I felt like. Like, Wednesday was the the, the day to be all days. But, you know, we're going to talk with uh, Doctor Strange debuting on streaming, right? Uh, uh-huh. If you've got Disney+, Plus, you can now watch it. Uh, the Umbrella Academy dropped on Netflix. I have not got to watch it because I'm sitting here recording it of the show. Uh, several Disney Plus shows had some stuff and more. And more is going to be one of those episodes we talk about later that we can't say at the start of the show because, you know, this is a family-friendly show and we can't talk about <laughs> uh, the boys very, very frequently on the show. But this episode is worth bringing up at the top of the show. Yeah, summer is in full swing, right? I think uh, over, like, the last, like, what, two and a half episodes we've recorded, there's been, like, at least a heat wave somewhere Mm -hmm. on on the planet, unfortunately. Whether that's good news or bad news, I don't know. But uh, out here on the West Coast, it 100% feels like we're in the throes of summer with uh, 90-degree-plus days. Uh, It's when you go out to the pool, you know, and, like, you don't have to worry about the pool having, like, kind of, like, a chilly bite that you got to get used to anymore. Like, the pool just feels like bath water, which is actually kind of nice. So (laughs) we've been dealing with that this weekend. Wow. Dealing with with warm uh, bath water, pool water. Yeah, sounds sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. it, I mean, it's 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 been last week and the week before. It was really super warm and followed me from Texas all the way home to the middle of the country. And then this week has been uh, we've had like a reprieve here or there. But um, what I like about summer, and I don't I, this is most people may disagree with me, is the amount of daylight we have. Uh, to be completely honest, um, it's it's, ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the sun doesn't go down until like eight thirty. Yeah, uh, well, it's been like nine thirty, almost ten o'clock here. There's still light outside, kind of thing, and. Yeah, it's been waking me up a little earlier, so I feel like I've been really maximizing my days in the summer, and I'm going to lose all of this come wintertime, like whenever daylight savings goes the other way, and it's dark at like 5, and it's barely light at 7, so... Uh, you I'm going to be really embracing that right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the, the summertime sunshine back around uh, to uh, what we like to talk about on the show, mm-hmm. which is anything but the outdoors. Right. Uh, does anybody else have difficulty positioning their television in their main living area because of glares mm-hmm. in the sun? Like, uh, we have to have, like, I swear, like, our, our drapes closed all the time or I can never watch anything because, like, immediate opposite of our TV is, like, a huge, like, sliding door window. Oh. So, I keep I keep seeing like these TVs uh, getting advertised these new ones that are like matte finished so like you can put like a an art painting screensaver on them so it kind of looks like you have a painting on the wall and they're actually like framing them with like kind of yeah. like white plastic instead of black it's like, plastic. It's like a Sony wanna... or, or or LG or someone's making those, right? Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't want to throw thousands of dollars at a brand new television just to see if it'll work. But I'm curious if anybody, any listeners out there have like a matte finished television mm. because well, I, I'm not so worried about the matteness of the TV like ruining my general viewing experience because I'm just not much of a visual snob when it comes to like clarity of like, you know, 1080, 4K, whatever. Uh, but I just want to know if it could save me 
from the yeah. sun glare. And it's like a bad one, too. It's like the entire TV. It's not like one line of glare. The entire TV is reflecting the window behind me. Yeah. So. I, I totally feel your pain. I used to have that with my computer, at, you know, whenever we used to record these at the my, my previous apartments before we bought a house. But, um, you know, as a projector owner, Mike, I don't have these problems because... The screen's just white matte anyway. But I did. That's true. I, I went ahead and looked up. There are apparently, if you go to Amazon, some anti-glare screen protectors for televisions of oh, different yeah, sizes. I could probably do that. Like, just slap it on and see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My other recommendation, which makes no sense at all, it actually probably adds more hassle to your life, is maybe uh, you get like one of those smart home blind things where it's like. When you turn on the TV, it closes your blinds for you. Oh, your curtains. I see. One of those motorized. I do have to say, I am like because we we moved somewhat recently. I have to say, like I enjoy the sunlight from the comfort of my air conditioned home. So yeah. I don't mind watching television with sunlight coming in. I just don't want it yeah. to distract me from television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like um, you, you, gotta, you gotta gotta consider that, especially like when you're arranging your room. Like I want to move my stuff around the room. Like is mm-hmm. where's the sun at, and how will it? Aff- how will it either enhance or ruin your day? So, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, yeah, so we'll jump into the, some of the stuff we've been doing here at the start of this. Um, you're going to mention a movie I've maybe seen 30 minutes of. Um, <laughs> because my wife was watching it, and I was not, and I was coming in and out of the, out of the room. Um, but I do know um, Sam Rockwell, one of my, uh, you know, uh, I really like him as an actor, is the main voice in this. So, um, go ahead and tell us, Mike, what you thought of yeah. the bad guys. DreamWorks uh, latest animated feature The Bad Guys uh, I think is now as I speak available like on digital I think it's even streaming on Peacock if you have a subscription over there so easy to pick it up and go watch it but it hit theaters uh, a couple of weeks ago I would say with a bit of a thud um, because I never heard anybody talk about it so Mm -hmm. but I was excited to watch it because it looked Mm -hmm. really fun and really exciting uh, and I could say that the visuals of this movie are absolutely astounding. It's kind of doing what all of these other kind of cutting-edge animated feel- films are doing now, like Mitchell's Versus the Machines or Spider-Verse or, you know, that new Puss in Boots movie that, that's yeah. coming out soon. They're, like, really kind of, like, pushing <laughs> of what you can and can't do with 3D animation, mixing in uh, 2D uh, traditional. There's some really fun... Um, uh, chase se- sequences in this film, uh, a lot of energy and like a dynamic um, uh, action moments, and so visually the movie's great. But unfortunately, the story is like a little weird, a little over bloated, over complicated, especially for you know a movie directed towards kids. It seems like why did you throw in all of these extra elements? Uh, there's a moment in the first act of the the film where a character just <coughs> randomly brings up out of nowhere, almost apropos of nothing. Oh, does everybody remember when a meteor crashed into the city a couple months ago? And it's just like, what? Meteor? Like, we we have not even broached an idea of, like, you know, space or cosmic anywhere in this movie. And then all of a sudden, that, that kind of becomes the MacGuffin of the movie out of nowhere. Uh, it kind of felt like I was watching a lesser sequel of Zootopia, in a way, even <laughs> though there are, like, humans in the mix of uh, this universe. But uh, overall, I would still recommend it, especially if you can just, like, pop it on and watch it for free on Peacock, because visually, it looks great. This is kind of like one of those movies where you would be uh, ec- ecstatic to look through, like, the art of book. But, you know, maybe you wouldn't necessarily pick it up anytime soon to, uh, to uh, re-watch. So, re-watch. But overall, it was 
was a fun time. I would say like you know, the B minus B minus in my head mm-hmm. kind of feels about right. So uh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tag on your your comment there about um, an uh, art book. This is based on an actual graphic novel series in Australia. I don't know if you knew that. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yep, yep. So that's the big deal. Is like this is a huge graphic novel series in Australia. I think they might have. I don't think they're up to twenty yet, but you know they're getting close. They're they're putting several out a year. Um, and um, oh, the random meteor makes a little bit more sense because because it, it now in the context of knowing that it's a pre-existing in print yeah kind of makes me think like oh okay they tried to translate something that was probably a little bit more quirky onto the big screen and was kind of weird the way they threw it in yeah um the other thing i would say is i have two co-workers with small children and they absolutely love this movie um oh you know, yeah like, like, I, like kids the, kids love talking animals and flashy sequences kind of thing yeah there is absolutely entertainment value in in this movie at all but you yeah. know if you have to like kind of grade it and rank yeah. it in the echelon of just kind of other movies out there you know mm-hmm. say it's you know falls about mid-tier and great, i'm not great I, time and I'm not seeing it on streaming uh, using Just Watch, so um, looks like they may have maybe removed it. Yeah, it could. I think it could be soon. Maybe it's one of those kind of like July first type of mm-hmm. deals, you know, beginning of the month. So yeah, bad guys. It was fun, but uh, if we want to talk even less fun, we all know I was doing my best to slowly work my way through the Twilight I, I, franchise. I honestly <laughs> had hoped you'd forgotten about it at this point. <laughs> Well, I wish I had. I made it to the second to last film, which is a part one, and I just, I can't do it anymore. I reached my limit. I thought I could just push through and find like some quirky entertainment value in this like pop culture phenomenon, but I totally have run out of gas in this, uh, I don't even know what the second to last movie is called. It's like part one is like new dawn horizons blood moons i don't know whatever it is Mm -hmm. but uh i'm like i think i'm like an hour into the movie that i will not finish but they've the the stakes that they set up for the second to last film chris you know it's not like a vampire uh out there in the woods stalking somebody it's not a rival werewolf not even a a frankenstein alien-esque creature that might be thrown into the mix it is Edward and uh, Bella getting married, and they are curious if she will survive a sexual encounter with Edward while she is a human. Oh, That nice. is the main driving tension so far in the film. Every character's weighed in on it. They all are curious if they should turn her before she has sex with Edward. It's just, it's so weird because, like, usually when you kind of bring up things of this nature, it's in a totally different type of, like, TV show context. It's almost like you'd think you'd be watching, like, a Seth Rogen movie, right? Because uh, it's, like, comedic in, in a way. But, yeah, I, I I don't think I can finish Twilight. If I do, I'll probably maybe just skip to the, the last bits of the movie, just kind of p- piece things together. I know there's, mm-hmm. like, a crazy, weird CG baby, but I've seen clips of that already on YouTube years ago, so... Maybe I'll try to find that scene and put it into context. But yeah, yeah. don't think I'll be finishing Twilight, Chris. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you can always just do a recap video, right? One of those. Uh, what's oh, online. yeah, I love those. Those are my favorite. Those yeah. were very, very necessary for one of the topics we'll be talking about here in a little bit. Yeah. But the boys, Chris. Yes. Turn away happy, if ha- you're underage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was happy. I was happy to hear that you are caught up yeah. on this as as well. 
we talked about, I actually f- totally forgot about this, but we talked about this specific episode like yep. a year ago mm-hmm. when uh, the second season of The Boys had wrapped and we were getting news on the third episode. And you told me, oh, they're going to include this kind of like um, infamous moment from the comic books called Hero Gasm. And then we looked at a yeah. couple like comic book panels and it was like a superhero orgy. And I had totally forgotten about it until like a week ago when like some of the stars in the show and some other people online started kind of like promoting like, oh, the next episode of The Boys, it's Herogasm. And uh, even when you start this episode up, there's like a a disclaimer at the front of it. Not like the one for Obi-Wan that says like, oh, some of these images may be disturbing due to like current events, just, you know, viewer discretion advised, very somber. This one is like written like tongue tongue in cheek, like you're about to see some shit. Like you already know that because you're watching the boys. But we're just letting you know that this one's kind of like cranked up to 11 and it gets really crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like looked over at my wife and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like this is this is intense. This is crazy. But it was a, it was a wild episode. And I think honestly, uh, some of the character um, altercations kind of overshadowed the orgy. <laughs> so, so it's not yeah. something I thought I'd be talking about. It's, yep. the, the, the orgy was more just like background, it, just entertainment. <laughs> well, it was, I would say it was more tame than actually the opening, I guess the second scene of the, the whole series, right? Of, of the season. Yeah. Um, because like it's there and it's just kind of happening, but like no one's really taking part in it, you know, of the main characters. They're just kind of mm-hmm. like walking through it. But you're right, the the culmination of the fight scene is, is really the, the biggest four-way going on in this episode, <laughs> if you will. Because uh, uh, that, was, that was pretty good. I, I just want to go, before I forget, this episode started off with a pair... Like, I like to watch my shows because of realism and or mm-hmm. escapism. This show yes. is becoming too real for me lately. <laughs> um, and I would say because it opened literally with a parody of Gal Gadot's Imagine video that she made in quarantine oh, with all the rich yeah. people. And, like, literally they got all these other people in this to do the exact same song and just making fun of all those celebrities during the, you know, the quarantine time, during the early days of the pandemic. And it's just... It's beautiful, it's skewering, you know, like, real life uh, celebrities, but also superheroes. And this this show's getting real close to real life, Mike, and it's scaring me <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, um, I, I gotta say, you know, I was, at the same time, I'm sitting there, like, embracing, like, I told my wife, I'm like, look, there's a reason there's a, a notification before this episode, unlike the other ones. Because this show is brutal. It's gory. It's it's unabashedly, you know, um, gory, even. Um, yeah. Why would they throw a, 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 a disclaimer up now? I'm like, well, it's going to get pretty rough later, I'm pretty sure. So we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we, weirdly enough, I almost thought the uh, disclaimer was kind of unnecessary. And it almost, like, overhyped it for me. Because mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be like, oh, they're really going to push the limits of what Amazon Prime will let them stream on their platform. But to me, it just kind of felt like, oh, this is going to sound weird. I'm not like a guy that was looking to watch the next episode of The Boys and hoping they were going to, like, be co-sponsored by Pornhub, right? I wasn't, right. like, looking for this stuff. But, like, you know, when you're hyping it up, you're expecting to see a lot. And there was some, like, um, uh, Mother's Milk got covered head to toe in mother's milk, if you will. Uh, so yeah. that was pretty hilarious. I almost oh, forgot yeah. about that, actually. Yeah. What but the, I, I, what's the guy with I, the I, who opens the door and he's, like, naked and 
you know, oh, his what do they penis call is him? like love love sausage. Is yeah. that the kind of the name? Yeah, something like something that. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's uh, a superhero earlier in the season. If anything, it's almost like a it's it's weird kind of talking about this without uh, too many spoilers because I want everybody yeah. to go watch the boys because it's one of the best superhero uh, properties out there right now. Uh, but they just do such a good job uh, kind of building up this season to an altercation between two characters, and we get to see a little bit of that in this episode, and it's so satisfying to watch yeah. that you don't even care that there's, like, somebody yeah. behind them, like, getting their salad tossed and eventually, like, exploded, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it's almost like they did too good of a, jo- a job introducing these characters, but in typical boys fashion, uh, they create, like, really hilarious and amazing set pieces, and this yeah. was a hilarious uh, set piece. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the boys is just firing off on so, all cylinders this season. Yeah, because this note has gained a lot of notoriety, or this episode has gained a lot of notoriety. Uh, Eric Krippy said that there was only one note from Amazon on this episode, actually, uh-huh. and it was like, and it says, "In every moment, we have to understand that this is a superhero orgy, not just an orgy." So, um, <laughs> so like you know the uh, the superhero stuff was you know they said they added some of that in to enhance the ideas of people yeah, using powers in this. So. <laughs> Yeah, not to uh, spoil it, but yeah. for an example, if uh, two if two people are going at it, there could be an arc of electricity between mm-hmm. like the two nipples or something like yeah. that. You know, those nice little touches there. Yeah, lot lots of going on here, but again, thankfully they did it. Uh, you know, with taste, right? Like, you know, it, they didn't just be gratuitous to be gratuitous, like you mentioned. Um, so it, it's just again, uh, hor- like if, if if superheroes were real in real life, this is exactly what it would feel like the entire way. Through. Yeah. So. And what a what a great uh, cliffhanger too, uh, mm-hmm. because th- this 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 show like toes this amazing line with uh, the character of Homelander, who is kind of setting up to be like this all powerful god. Nobody can stop him. He can do whatever he wants. His only limitation is what his brain is telling him. Right. So you're always filtering everything of like, oh, if this character says this in public. How is Homelander going to react? How is he going to like pivot? What is he going to do? Because like everybody in the show is preparing for uh, a moment where Homelander could theoretically snap, go crazy, lose all of his connection to humanity and um, just society and just start becoming like a killing mindless machine. And like that's the thing that they're trying to stop because once that's happens there's no yeah. uh, there's no going back it, so it, it, it's been crazy that the tension's been great i love it, it well it's also been a culmination of that right that they kind of implied that since the first episode of the whole show mm-hmm. um but this one is you know it, it, this season i guess is accelerating some of that a little bit um without you know going you know too far wide to, to make it too unrealistic so um, yeah, it's very interesting. A lot of stuff's coming out. I think there's eight episodes, so we've got like three left, right? Two or three left, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to see how this, you know, season ends. Uh, there's an it's already been renewed for season four, which is sad because I'm like, oh, that means some of these main characters are definitely gonna make it out. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I wish not knowing until the end. That way we could you know at least be left in our seats a little bit longer. Um, but um, it's definitely been. Uh, very yeah, a, a consistently good show, and this season is is no um, no less than the other. So definitely catch it on Amazon Prime Video when you get a chance. Um, yeah, without without your kids, probably. I, I <laughs> yeah, you don't want to watch this one with the kids. Don't but the watch next this. one here. Yeah. 
Uh, Umbrella Academy, no spoilers, obviously, because Chris said he hasn't even jumped into it yet. Also, yeah. it's the first weekend of the show, so I'm not going to go ahead and spoil Umbrella Academy Season 3. Uh, but Umbrella Academy is back in uh, full form, loving this season. I think we're about two-thirds of the way through it myself. Uh, I just love how the juxtaposition of these last two shows that we just talked about, right? Both superhero shows taking it from two totally different angles, both adapted on, you know, previous material, right? Uh, the boys, like, really leans into what is it like to be a superhero? How does that yeah. change and affect society? It's all about superpowers, and it's all about, like, the vanity. And, and business being, and everything. Yeah, of being that way. And the Umbrella Academy, when you think about it and you watch these two things side by side, the Umbrella Academy is almost... It feels like nothing about powers, right? It's just about this family and their mm. shared trauma that they bonded over. And then you throw in some crazy apocalypses and some time travel and whatnot. And it's almost more of a science fiction show than anything else. And I'm just having a, a, a great time. Uh, I will I will tease that there is a, um, a, a hallucinogenic moment in this show that you don't know it's um you don't know uh, somebody is hallucinating until after the uh, kind of trip has passed and it's just super fun and entertaining to watch and when it starts you don't even understand why it's happening but you're just having a great time and you go like oh okay that's why so there's just lots of fun stuff happening in this uh the cast of the umbrella academy the crew the family is just you know amazing and just yeah. as enigmatic and just uh fun to watch on screen as they were the last two seasons um i would recommend just how like i do with everything is to just pop on youtube and look for recaps so you are at least up to date if you don't want to go back and rewatch these shows um this one since they if, if you've watched last season you know that they've kind of come back from the 60s and they're kind of back in their normal timeline yeah. so things kind of tee a slightly more into kind of what happened in the origins of the Umbrella Academy, like first seasons and back. So it might also be worthwhile to watch a recap of season one as well. There's a one on YouTube that may be like 15 minutes long. I think you'll get a lot out of that as well. But yeah, I'm having a great time. (laughs) There's always an apocalypse. Uh, I, I love... Man, it's just great. I love the Umbrella Academy. It's so great. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm spoiled right now when it comes to superhero television. Yeah. Between uh, the boys and Umbrella Academy, I'm. I'm just a, a pig in yeah. shit, as they say. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I didn't even mention t- uh, today. Uh, Westworld season four drops on HBO. So, um, it's been what two years since it when I saw Westworld. I think. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I've I've heard really good things about this season. Um, so that's. They did a, a, a like a time jump forward apparently for this one, so um, pretty pretty excited about that. So yeah, we're we're literally living it. I'm I'm excited because one of the things I enjoy, Mike, you know this, is retro video games, old school video games. Love playing mm-hmm. them, love doing it. And this week, um, I guess maybe maybe the last week, dropped Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Have you seen this game yet at all? Yeah, you I, kind of uh, poked and prodded me a little bit this week, and it reminded me, oh, I did see some things on my Twitter feed where I was seeing some, like, TMNT side-scrolling arcade stuff, but it didn't look familiar. It almost looked like it was upgraded yeah. and new, so, so I'm guessing that's what that was. Yeah, so Shredder's Revenge is essentially 
if they had made a third side-scrolling Turtles game from the 80s arcade or uh-huh. 90s arcade, this would have been what it was, essentially. Uh, they've updated it to modern graphics, modern consoles. It's got a new soundtrack. Um, the graphics are still eight, you know, pixelated side-scrolling, right, to, to mm-hmm. lean into that. But it's fine because it plays fantastic. I would say this is akin to, like, Streets of Rage 4. Which came out, I believe, maybe early this year or late last year, which was a you know continuation from that Genesis game from the the nineties, uh, mm-hmm. and just shows that side scrolling beat 'em ups still have life, you know, in, in the you know two thousands twenty twenties, and what's been really cool about this is it is six player co op, Mike, uh, so you can play um, all four turtles, Splinter, and um, April, April as as mm-hmm. the main characters, and you unlock uh, you know spoiler alert Casey Jones. Uh, once oh, you beat great. the game, uh, Casey has probably like the best special attack, so he's he's worth having. Um, you know, again, what's cool is I think right now on PlayStation with PlayStation Plus, this game's like twenty three dollars, so it's mm-hmm. really a nice nice you know um, price point. It's got sixteen levels, replayability. There's collectibles you can go back and find in, in the levels to give to characters. The mini map that you choose is like a down like a top down like old school like uh, kind of like a Mega Man le- map level kind of thing that you move mm-hmm. around. Uh, it's really fun. It's been really great. And you can level up your characters. One of the achievements slash trophies is to get every character to level 10. As you level up, you get more special bars, more health points, stuff like that. Little things. It doesn't change the gameplay much. It just gives you a little more, I guess, um, vitality as you move forward. Um, I played the first 10 levels, you know, this this weekend. It's on Game Pass. Uh, so if you have Game Pass, it's free uh, as well. But, like, I played the first 10 levels, and I jumped into online for the last five, um, which were fantastic, by the way. So imagine, like six-player chaos the the enemy's numbers don't change just the health levels so uh-huh. like you're 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 all smack i didn't know where i was or which turtle i was <laughs> for most of the games but you know it's got the classic characters you know the the uh the foot soldiers bebop rocksteady um baxter stockman the guy who turned himself into a fly right you know uh-huh. krang shredder it, it's just fan- it's i didn't i don't have an affinity for turtles growing up as much as probably other people do but I love the old games, Turtles and Turtles in Time. Um, definitely dropped a bunch of quarters in those. So this game, I just can't recommend enough. If you're looking for some something to just play that doesn't require you know you to stress out about you know circles closing in on you or like what your kill death ratio is, just jump in <laughs> and play. And like I said, it's four player couch co op, six player online. You can't beat that these days. You just don't get those anymore. So um, highly, highly recommend that. Now. Let's jump into the news, Mike, because this weekend, this coming weekend, um, you know, I know you're you're going to be busy. You're going to be going places. Oh, uh, what a terrible time to uh, <laughs> to make a vacation. With yeah. All of this media coming back. Um, Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 will be dropping on July 1st, which is mm-hmm. this coming Friday. I believe it's just two episodes. I've, I cannot keep track of... Um, it what? should be more than two episodes, shouldn't it? Just be the other half. No, so shouldn't it? They're, be... they're long. They're super long, like two and a half hours long episodes. Um, there are uh, there were seven, right? That we. Oh no, is it four? Maybe four now. How many were in the first half? There's like this. Oh god, I don't even. I don't even remember. Right. This, this is the. This is the weird thing when it comes to Netflix release strategies, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> like that. If you're doing things episodes. in chunks, the, the my brain, right. Well, would think it would be uh, we watched seven equal yeah. parts, right? <laughs> there were seven, um, seven episodes, and there are two more left, and they are super long episodes. Yep. Yeah. So, um, according to all of this, 
uh, yeah. So I think they're like two hours and two and a half hours respectively. So you know, equivalent of four normal episodes, I believe, at the end of the day. But there are only two left. Uh, so um, very excited. Like you know, it, the the half it kind of left off on uh, was a great reveal to kind of push these last two episodes over into you know what we're gonna see. So I'm very excited to see where this show. Um, goes because as we know there's only one season left after this right so uh, it, it looks like the the last two episodes even have uh, uh, episode titles so the yeah. uh, chapter 8 is Papa chapter 9 is the piggyback yeah uh, which sounds like a sciencey fictiony uh, strategy sounds like a football of, move to me yeah some sort of gameplay yeah. or something like that and uh, there was a quick trailer so- this week too and they keep blaring the hell out of running up that hill yeah i uh i avoided the trailer just because like why i already know i'm gonna be watching it i don't need to be convinced i don't want to be spoiled Mm -hmm. uh also i'm gonna have to the nice thing about traveling when stranger things and thor love and thunder coming out is i'll be in a different country with a spotty internet and it will motivate me to stay off of my phone and to uh, enjoy enjoy the the travel Mm -hmm. experience but yeah i will be watching stranger things as soon as we get back Okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're going to be... I'm, I'm excited to kind of get your feedback. And like I said, uh, when you come back, also don't get online. Just just stay offline <laughs> for a couple of days. Because uh, you're going to need to get through a couple things uh, on the way. But, you know, that's great. Um, that's only two episodes. Literally with everything coming on, dropping in and out this week. Like, I, it is hard to keep track of what's coming and going uh, and where you can make time for it. Well, still also, like you said, enjoying the summertime. Um, so that's uh, it's going to be enjoyable next weekend. Um, Marvel Studios, big announcement this week. I think almost probably rocked the the, the comic book slash comic book movie world. Uh, Marvel is going back to San Diego Comic Con this year for the first time in three years. Mike, uh-huh. um, we were there at their last. We were there at their last yeah, one. Yeah, it, uh, it is weird to think that was felt like an felt like eons ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like one whole sunburn ago, Mike. Um, <laughs> it was so bad, but it was so fun. We, we literally, what we do, we, we ended up reading Twitter at a, like, was it a Chinese restaurant, I think, or something in, like in that? A, in a sushi restaurant. Sushi yeah. restaurant, yeah, so it was really fun. Uh, you know, they're teasing major announcements. Kevin Feige, he's out doing press release for Thor Love and Thunder. Doctor Strange is hitting streaming. He says that, you know, the next phase villain uh, will become clear in the coming months. Well, we only have like two things in the coming months, Mike. Um, Thor Love and Thunder uh, and She-Hulk Miss Marvel has to end the back half as well and so you know they, he could mean going as far as Black Panther 2 um, so I don't I don't know I don't know what would or, be left or he's this. just implying that they're going to do what they what they do all the time when they go to San Diego Comic Con is rock the house yeah. because that's going to be literally next month in July so stand up on the stage Throw some fresh, hot new logos up there of new stuff that's announced. You know, maybe bring out Jonathan Majors on stage, possibly tease we, yeah. something that he's well, going to be in. I, uh, I would guess some footage, some teaser footage, a hundred percent for Ant, Black Panther, Ant Man, and the Marvels. Uh, yeah, and not it, Guardians Three, if if possible. It was curious to see that they were coming back to San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, of course, this is kind of like the return of Comic-Con, right, after COVID. So this mm-hmm. is kind of like a big a big deal in a way of like the, probably one of the biggest cons on the planet, you know, coming back from a pandemic. 
but also the Disney's other big kind of homegrown Comic-Con D23 Expo is in September. So you know that they're going to have a presence there just because mm-hmm. they always it, do. So it, it makes you wonder, like, what gets what gets saved for D23 and then what gets aired, you know, at San Diego and, Comic-Con. And Disney Plus Day might steal some of those TV shows they're working on, too. Yeah, so, so, like, do they, or, like, okay, for Comic-Con, let's just, like, tease some stuff, just do strict movies, and then Disney Plus Day, you know, obviously we'll talk about the series, and maybe the D23 Expo, show some more stuff, I don't know. Obviously, there's always something being produced and shot and made at Marvel at any given time, so there will, mm-hmm. will, there will be new things created uh, yeah. behind the scenes in a studio between July and September when the expo is. But, uh, yeah, it yeah. does make you wonder. It's cool, though. It's cool that they're going back to San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. I think the biggest question for me is, you know, a lot of the stuff we've seen announcements for, right, uh, quite, or, like, mm-hmm. we, we we know what's coming. A lot of this was three years ago. Fantastic Four hasn't made any progress yet that we know of. Um, Blade has made progress, but that's through, like, articles like Deadline and stuff like that, and that was announced three years ago. Uh, we know Deadpool's in the works, a Shang-Chi sequel, Captain America 4, the recently announced Thunderbolts, right? So is this is this the Comic-Con where they bring in mutants? You know, do they say, you know, Kang is a villain? Do they say Galactus is a villain? Like, what 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 is it going to be that's going to really, like you said, you, they want to rock the house. They want to shake the world. They're going to steal headlines for days. Yeah, I feel like we're definitely going to get an, uh, another new roadmap graphic, right? Yeah. Where they throw it up on the big screen. Here's all the logos. Here's the here's the time when they're going to come out. We're going to have a new one of those for sure. How, I don't know which expo it's going to come out. But of, how but. far how far ahead do you think they go? That's that's my going to be my because all this was three years ago. We had a pandemic since then, so a lot of it was delayed a bit. So is it like the next three years? You know? Yeah, yeah that is that is the question, and also the, the 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 main title begs the question of what is going to be kind of like the next antagonist of like this mm-hmm. phase. I mean, you could be obvious, right, and say you know it's a multiversal thing. You know, we even got a little bit of a hint of a multiverse in uh, Miss Marvel last week. Uh, Obviously, we just came off of uh, the multiverse of madness. Spider-Man, who else is this going to affect? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that seems to be the obvious choice, right? Right. Well, that's what I'm thinking, but, like... You can Marvel. They, they they do a long-term thing. The uh, the first Avengers, we were talking about this before, the first Avengers movie culminates from five things. The villain was Loki, but it's leading mm. towards Thanos, you know, across. You yeah, know. it's like, it's like, what does this all ladder up to, right? Because for the most part, we start to see, like, these fractures in the multiverse, but there's no, like, clear path of how mm. any individual character our group is supposed to like team up and like stop it and defeat it. Right. You know, things are very clear, very simple, very easy when it's Thanos, right? It's just a dude. Let's find this one dude. He's a rock collection space and then we'll just like beat him to a pulp. Right. But even when it comes to the multiverse, I am pretty sure the animated what if series is considered Canon, right? Um, It could be kind of, we've kind of seen like big multiversal swings go, you know, we saw like, that version of like the vision 
jump through dimensions and, you know, people have to get trapped. So I think the thing that I'm getting at here is there's no singular thing to punch, Mm -hmm. right, to save the day. So I'm wondering if Kang will be the one they install and he'll be the punchable one. If it'll be Galactus, can you even punch Galactus? He's a little too big to punch. So well, my my question for that is going to be is because, um, you know, at the end of Multiverse of Madness, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it, but it's now out everywhere. You can easily get it. Is that Clea shows up and they say, You've caused incursions. Incursions are where dimensions crash together, right? Um, mm-hmm. And 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 one of the planets. In order for that to live, if they crash together, neither live. But the in the comic books, how you defeat an incursion is you, you literally blow up the other Earth, like you blow up the other universe. Um, so whoever is remaining standing does not get crushed, and, and the incursions continue. So is it Secret Wars? If it's Secret Wars, that's Doctor Doom and the Beyonder. Is it you know, you know, is that is that now or is that you know? 10 movies from now is they're working towards the beyonder slash secret wars for now it's Kang and then maybe something Galactus slash the celestials or something like that, you know, similar Mm -hmm. for the eternals and then secret wars. Um, is it would be my kind of guesswork based on what we've seen, but I think they are setting the groundwork for a secret wars film. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you got to kind of go like most obvious, right? I feel like we're trying to be like super clever, trying to like read the tea leaves, look mm. through like the comic book events, like, oh, what makes the most sense? But if we think about it, what what is just like one of the next most popular comic book titles that exists? And like Secret Wars has got to be up there, right? It's like one of the one of the few things that they haven't done. Was... Like they've already announced Secret Invasion, so right. it's like there's not a whole lot of super iconic ones left. Like they're always making new ones, right? That are great, but like yeah. and like the in the pantheon of like what's the easiest thing there's... to pluck? Secret well, Wars seems to yeah, because there's, there's several. There's there's two Secret Wars issues: one from the '80s, one from the mid 2000s. The one from the mid two thousands is actually where they they actually get a lot of ideas. That writer Jonathan Hickman they steal a lot of his stuff for the movies, like Thanos's Black Order and all this other fun stuff, the incursions. So I think they will take a Secret Wars thing, but I don't think that's going to be right now, right? Like that's that's the mm-hmm. big. They're going to like okay, well at the end of this, all these planets we've been showing you over the past ten years are going to collide, you know, into like a, a battle world, an amalgamation, and then we'll have to reset it, maybe condense it back down to one universe kind of thing. Um, it, it, yeah, oh, I, I th- and and talk about like and let's say they, who knows, push it out until twenty thirty, right? Imagine going to a movie in the year twenty thirty, right? We don't even know if our planet's going to be here by then. Yeah, but uh, imagine going to the movie theaters in twenty thirty, right? We're at the Secret Wars, everything blows up, falls into each other. We're left with just like one multi not we're one universe the word yeah. multi has been thrown out the window and then oh, okay let's go ahead and you know recast our characters we can almost reboot our whole mcu universe oh now let's get people going back to the movie theaters re-watching yeah. a reboot of like captain america and iron man i'm not saying that's what they should do or need to do but i mean if you look at hollywood and look at just comic books in general they mm-hmm. do it all the time <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 there, there's nothing there. And this would be an opportunity, you know, if they needed to recast or start fresh because they've run out of characters. It's a way mm-hmm. to do it right there. Easy, easy out after a couple of years. So, uh, I, I mean, my guess is, like you said, it's going to be a Jonathan Majors Kang bunch of variants, right? Because he's on the horizon. And we've been dealing with the, the fallout of uh, He Who Remains uh, from Loki. I think I think that's gonna, I think that's a pretty solid guess. We do know we want Fantastic Four, um, especially after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We 
people crave Fantastic Four, right? Like, and we, we they've talked about there's no real big dry erase board in the Marvel offices, um, except for you know probably in the corner says listen to Superhero Slate for your next they, idea. They say, <laughs> they say it doesn't exist because they don't want us looking for right. it. I, right, there's but, but, one there. I know. Yeah, it. I well, just, but they I also probably it. It, to their credit, they are. Um, reading the reactions online right like you talked about like well, people are what, searching I mean, secret wars the sales of these comic book issues are, are flagging up the the coming up the high road They're like yep this is I popular mean, let's do this kind of thing what's the biggest advantage of a dry erase board the yeah. word erase right mm-hmm. like, and just uh, i was I thought it was like dry i thought it was dry it's just easy <laughs> to get it that one but um yeah this is the whole point of them coming back to, to comic-con is great for us. That's going to be a great news week for us. Um, when they're not there or DC's not there, it's kind of a bummer, right? We don't really have a lot to go on. So um, I cannot wait to see those screenshots of those logos, people taking photos from the <laughs> from the audience uh, for this. Yeah, they'll probably save all the good stuff for the uh, for the D twenty three expo, like mm-hmm. all the, like the footage and maybe brand new announcements. We're just yeah. looking for a nice little logo garden. <laughs> yeah, we need something to update our uh, our, our upcoming releases page with. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Give us, give us some logos, give us some titles. We'd love to hear it. Moving on, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, a new trailer dropped this week. Uh, it's the last trailer because the red carpet premiere was also this week for this movie. So, mm-hmm. Which is like two weeks ahead of time. So uh, early reviews are out from people. I don't think they're... I don't think... I think the embargo was still down, but like people can like put their early reactions right to it. Um, but this trailer shows off the Thor's war goats in full force here. Just screaming at you. The whole mm-hmm. way through this trailer, um, yeah, they really leaned into the uh, viral video of those goats that like scream, yeah, like they're uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, my uh, my mom and dad have about 120 goats uh, at their house themselves. Um, <laughs> they're 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 casual goat farmers, if you will. And um, boy, this nails it right on the head. Feels like being <laughs> home uh, with these. There's there's huge goats, but I think the other thing you said you mentioned about this trailer, it's it's the humor is there with this show. They're 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 gonna have fun with it, and I'm I'm excited to watch it and just kind of, you know, kind of a popcorn thriller, if you will. Yeah. While we watch this, there's more guardians than I thought that there was going to be. You know, I know we've kind of both assumed, oh, we'll probably see the guardians almost like in a cold open type of situation, and then maybe come in like DSS Machina style in mm-hmm. the third act to kind of save the day. But this trailer is kind of hinting at like, oh no, they're kind of like part of the storyline we actually got like a line from like Groot and Rocket which is something we hadn't gotten before so I still think that might be a little bit of a misdirect I don't anticipate a lot of Guardians in this movie but I was surprised to see as much as we did yeah it seems to be kind of in the same area uh, where they're taking all these Guardian shots for Um, because we know there'll be a training montage right with Thor getting back into shape with the Guardians and pulling the ship and all this other fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I think the other quick thing about this shot in, in this trailer, Mike, and I don't think this is a spoiler at all because it's they can always change things, but I believe um, it's pretty early on when they go with the, the goats um, around 13 seconds. There are actually two Celestials in the shot. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that, and they're, they seem casually placed. Yeah. They're just kind of, like, looking through, like, a bit of a ring. So... Who knows? It could be like a hologram or magic, or maybe it's it, an Asgardian like well, TV screen or something. That's not um, that's um, not Asgard. The other one, um, Athens with with, with the other god Zeus. This is Zeus's mm-hmm. world. Yeah, they could just be like you know magical things, not the real thing. Because they seem a little small compared to you know the boat flying yeah. away. But but you know if if 
we talked about things we see in Marvel connecting the, all the dots later down the road. Is it Celestials that are just going to be in the background forever? Kind of like how um, the Watcher, like Stan Lee kind of was kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, I thought it was a little fun thing. I don't think it ruins anything, but I'm excited to see how this how this whole movie pans out, if you will. Um, really, really excited to see it. On the other side of that, today, actually, this is hot news. Chris Pratt said... The War Goats will appear in the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> apparently, um, Taika left some stuff, you know, loose in his movie that James Gunn has to deal with in his movie uh, for continuity's <laughs> sake, and the goats were apparently one of those things. So oh, that sounds <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be like a in credit scene where like uh, Drax is like walking into like a storage room on like uh, the Milano and there's yeah. just like goats hanging out in there. Yeah, he's got the goats. You know, I, I would love to see them in this. How they how they put them in this Christmas special is gonna be hilarious. But also, um, it, it, someone mentioned it's kind of like an improv thing, right? So James Gunn now has to like yes and with the war goats. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Um, they got the models right. They just copy and paste them into their next movie. So uh, very, very excited to see that. I don't think there's anything else. I'd, I'd like to see maybe a Christmas special preview, right? That's supposed to be this year, is it not? Um, I think it's supposed to be yeah, a holiday I, this year. I think so, yeah. I said Christmas, but it's a holiday special. Let me get that right. Space holidays are different, but I'm excited to see this. This is going to be uh, something new where they bring the, the, the characters of a movie into a smaller, you know, kind of fun one shot if you will on disney plus doctor strange in the multiverse of madness right now on disney plus um in regular and imax versions mike um i believe a friend of the show quentin uh parker messaged us he said he had not seen it yet um right i believe and i was like make sure you watch the imax version because if you got the choice why not watch the taller screen it's gonna have black bars anyway so mm-hmm. um is the- there a uh, is there a Zack snyder slider that you can uh, swipe on to get the uh, black and white chromed out <laughs> version of this. Yeah, j- well, if you if you use your old um, RGB cables, just don't plug in one of the the, co- the colors <laughs> yeah. all the way, and, and and you'll get that. Um, How it was meant to be seen. Yes. Uh, so the other part of this is a fun little fact that there's been like some I think some commentary stuff come out for, on this movie as well lately. Um, apparently, the villain Gargantos from the beginning of the film. The mm-hmm. eye is a scan of Elizabeth Olsen's eye to foreshadow that's the Scarlet Witch. You never know watching it. Up yeah, close. I, I saw that and I was like, I feel like that's more of an Easter egg. Like, who yeah. the hell knows exactly what? I guess maybe if there's a robot in the audience watching, yeah. right? Like you bring your like you bring your phone turns. Elizabeth Olsen's like, phone oh, keeps unlocking it. in this movie yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, throw face ID up on that. Yeah, but but no, that's a that's a fun little Easter egg that shows the deta- the attention to detail in this movie, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, there's a, a Twitter account, I think it's called like 4K Screens or something like that, who's gone through like uploaded really cool 4K screenshots from the movie, including of course the Illuminati sequences everyone keeps talking about. Um, I think that I think that almost overshadows the entire movie in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the the weird. Sh- uh, like I guess, creepy shots of Elizabeth Olsen's face when she gets like the sharp, jagged teeth, like a demon. Um, some of those shots. Uh, it, it's just really fun to to see it through other people's eyes and watch it. But you know, I'm glad it's on there. The timeline on the Disney Plus app was updated with the Disney uh, Doctor Strange edition. It is, um, I think, before Hawkeye, but after Eternals. Uh, when you open up the Disney Plus app, which all in all, at the end of the day, means nothing to me. Um, 
because Spider-Man's not in there, right? And I always figured Spider-Man was before Hawkeye because of the Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going on there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Have you had a chance to rewatch it this week? I know you have no, a lot of not, time, Mike. Uh, <laughs> not yet, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to going back and mm-hmm. watching my uh, favorite scene of my uh, undead necro Doctor Strange. I love that dude. Yes. The other interesting fact about this movie is um, it, it might be a signal for the end of times. Sadly, uh, the Steelbook did not go on sale for this until last week. Like, oh my gosh, Chris, what are you going to do? Well, you say that, but if you look at the bit rate off of disc versus streaming, I, I still like watching some of the, the, the higher quality movies on disc because of that. Like the Atmos soundtrack is completely mm-hmm. uncompressed. The, you get a, a better pixel rate on the images. You, you know this. We've talked about this, about uh, Plex streaming, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Um, you're familiar with like the black banding, like whenever you see like a black on a streaming thing, it kind of looks like there's like little bands of black mm-hmm. slowly grading. Those just aren't there on that stuff, and that's you know that's great. Um, I don't think you need to buy everything. Like you know, I'm not gonna go buy uh, the Adam Sandler collection on 4K uh, <laughs> Dolby Atmos. Uh, I wouldn't even buy it on on regular K. But like it's it's just you know buying these is gonna be harder because people are going to stream. But I just wish streaming services could keep up with the bit rates to give you that good picture along the way. Um, hopefully they come out with the anti-glare edition uh, stream. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what I need. Where they just automatically darken all the areas where your TV's hitting, or the light's hitting your TV. That mm. way it looks consistent across the board. Uh, moving along, Miss Marvel, episode three. We're at the halfway point. And you said, you sounded like you were able to catch up on this finally. You were yeah. able to catch both episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was incorrect. They're not metahumans. They said um, uh, enhanced people in that episode by the way episode two um because there was a recap for episode three and he said enhanced individuals so i was wrong uh just wanted to come off and correct myself um what i enjoy about episode three uh and and two that you gotta watch the culture of this community and, and i don't live in this culture i've never experienced it but like reading online people are very you know appreciative and like embracing how the show has embraced the muslim culture uh, you know, people from Pakistan, the families, everything together. They, they've really done a great job embracing this. And episode three with the wedding was a really fun um, experience, you know, to kind of see all that stuff kind of come together. Uh, but I think the real surprising point with this is we're learning of literally uh, people from another dimension that need these bands to go home, which makes me think, even though it was found on someone with blue arms, maybe this isn't Cree powered bands after all mike yeah i i was i was personally i was a little confused uh with the episode so i guess we'll uh uh, throw up a bit of a spoiler warning here if you haven't been watching miss marvel uh you know jump forward to our next topic here uh but there was a lot of lore dumped into this episode right Mm -hmm. so we we were told that this that this woman that like arrives at the end of the last episode right in the back of that porsche yeah right this woman is from another dimension, right? Yes. So she she is stuck on this earth. Uh, she has some residual powers left over, it sounds like, because they say something along the lines of she hasn't... That's why they're not aging on this planet. Yeah, and- but are we to assume that they would age normally still back in their dimension? That, well, that wasn't super clear. But well, also, how did yeah. they make it to this planet because 
they were talking about like they came over from a different dimension. I just kind of thought like maybe a lot of this incursion was mm-hmm. happening from either like Loki slash Spider-Man slash Doctor Strange. But that means that they would have only been like trapped, you know, in this earth for what, like a couple of months or something like right. that. Yeah. So I guess they're hinting that either this always happens all the time in a multiversal situation that just occasionally people slip through and they're just like, oh, fuck, how did that happen? Or are they tenting at that, like, you know, back in the day, which I think it was like, what, like 60 years ago, 80 years it, ago, something it, it like that? It was quite a bit because it was like her grandmother's mother. Yeah, that there was a, some sort of other event. So that's yeah. that's the part that I'm confused on. Like, they're building up, the, like, the, the mythos uh, uh, and the lore yeah. around the multiverse, but, like... It doesn't, I think, it seems like it can happen kind of well, like whenever. It's very loosey-goosey. Well, I think we're going to get a reveal on this because what what we've seen here is the second episode when she used the bangle, she saw the image of this lady who was like the villain lady, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then the another one, she saw like a train, but her grandmother saw the train. So apparently there's not just one bangle, there's two bangles, right? Um, that, that they said they need both bangles to go home. I think we're going to find out where these bangles came from. The blue person makes me, again, I think they're Cree, powered mm-hmm. but like maybe they used them too much power and opened uh, like accidentally brought people over to a, from another dimension i don't know the the interesting part here is they call it the newer dimension uh newer dimension in the comic books is called the light dimension which mm-hmm. is comprised of photonic energy so whenever i guess in episode one right when kamala like it looks like she goes through the floor and comes back the other side we see like those dark people with the light eyes um, mm-hmm. So in the comic books, they use this energy from this dimension to create a new Captain Marvel in that dimension. So I think we're in the back. The, the, we're now in the back half of this, um, coming forward with four or five and six. We're going to go probably back to Pakistan, learn the origin of how these people came over, and why there's two Bengals. And I think Kamala yeah. at the end will get both Bengals and be involved with the the Kree when she has both yeah. of them. I mean, and that's that's a whole other thing that Marvel either. To me, it seems like Marvel is just kind of like, you know, glancing over, and they don't really want to deal with it or try to explain it too much. But you bring up the whole point of like dimensions, right? Yeah. Like a dimension is not the same as uh, a Universe. multiverse, right? Yes. And then also, it's not clear if a dimension, you know, a la like where these Nor people are from. Or even like where uh, Shang Chi ends up going to, right? I would mm-hmm. say that is a dimension, like yep. the mirror dimension of where, or where Doctor Strange like found Dormammu in his first film. Those all seem dimensionality based, right? Yep. But then you have Asgard, which kind of feels halfway like a planet, like in space, yep. but also halfway a dimension. So it, it, it's very all very. Uh, you, you almost just gotta well, like and, take like take a step back and be like, okay, what is happening? Well, then there's the multiverse, an actual another universe. Yes. I think to me, mm-hmm. Asgard, I, I get that it's just an alien, quote unquote, alien planet with godlike beings who can travel with their magic and, and whatever. But like, you have dimensions and universes. So a universe is where uh, another parallel version of you could be. Um, the dimensions just seem to be parts of your universe, but like. They're not doing a good job explaining the difference, and, and maybe that's part of their goal, right, Mike, to explain this later. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm excited or, to see this or, more. Or what they'll do 
is they'll never explain it, and then they'll just blow everything up in Secret Wars. That's and like, okay, we don't have to explain it now. Yeah. Well, we were going to, but we blew everything up. So what's the point? Yeah. So to me, the newer dimension. I thought it was, she said the negative, like something like the negative dimension. I thought it was maybe like Urdu mm-hmm. for negative. I'm like, oh my god, the negative dimension, negative zone. Oh my god, this is mm-hmm. fantastic for level. It's not. It, it's. I looked it up. It's the light dimension. Yeah. Um, well, then also you also have to filter everything through of if, you know if you're like a human being, right? That yeah. sees something magical that you don't understand. And you might call it something like, oh, this is like a special dimension that, you know, our culture mm-hmm. is connected to. But, you know, if you pull out and zoom out, oh, it's like a pocket dimension. Well, yeah. That's what you did when you came across it, you know, like, and, you know, millennia ago. I, it's all very confusing. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point. The The way they, they deal with these newer people is they call them jinn, right? Like the the, gen, mm-hmm. the evil genies of, of Hindu culture. Which are similar to kind of how Asgardians are in Earth, right? They came, they're, like, they're supposed to be gods in Norse mythology, but they're really just aliens on another planet along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very similar to that. But I'm, I, my, my, my appreciation for the show is that it's moving quickly. Um, like, I feel like any other show, right, they would save this to, like, episode five of six. They're like, hey, like, guess what? These people you thought were your friends, they now want your powers. So um, we're going to solve this in one episode. So I'm glad they're moving quickly. And I'm really excited. I, I haven't seen any previews for the next episode. Try to stay off that. But, like, hopefully the next yeah, one, I like, think- they travel to Pakistan for real. Yeah. I feel like there's two things that I really, really love in the MCU. One of them, everyone will agree that they love. It's like the huge, gigantic battles that they build up to over years, and it's this huge culmination, and it's this big, like, awesome, hell yeah, like, in uh, Endgame, and everything is, like, popping off, and like, yes, look at all this eye candy. And another thing I also look in, look forward to is, like, the big lore dumps, right? Yeah. I love the last episode of Loki, even though it felt very open-ended. I do like how it was just one big lore dump where somebody just sat down at a desk and just talked to me and explained everything. And, it like, Jonathan Majors had me on every single word. I'm almost hoping that, like, maybe in a year or two, right – Doctor Strange like stands up at a podium. He gets all of our characters that we've seen in all of these movies. They all get in the conference room, and he's just like, "Okay, everybody, I'm going to explain everything to everybody, so we're all on the same page. I'm going to tell you what a dimension is. I'm going to tell you what a multiverse is. What, what if I they get a slide? I've got a slide for Asgard. I'm going to explain what the hell that is. What if too. they get the guy from Ant Man? Um, what's his name? To, who does like the voiceover stuff? Like in his. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they get him to <laughs> do it. I'd watch that the, would be a- like hire him for a set of Disney shorts that like, you know, oh, I forget his name. Whatever his name is explains the MCU mm-hmm. right, and he's just kind of breaking it down and it's like, is it? Fun oh, little, is it Michael? Is it Michael Pena? Is Michael Pena? But I don't remember his yeah, character's name right. in, in like in the oh, show. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I want like a big, yeah. huge lore dump so we're all yeah. on the same page. But, I think that'd be really fun. And, and I think I think again we're on the cusp of getting it for this one. I don't think they're not going to explain it because. The character Kamala, unlike you know some of the other MCU characters, like she's curious, she wants to know, and her friend Bruno, who's like her Tony Stark, if you will, her guy in the chair, wants to know. So I think they're they're at least trying. They have the characters in place to ask these questions, and I think we're gonna get some uh, with the history. What's the over under on these last two episodes? uh, Three. Seeing Brie Larson, right? Three episodes. Oh, there's three episodes. We've literally watched three. We're at the halfway point. Yeah, I feel like you got to work Brie Larson in there. Oh, 100%. Right? <laughs> She's in all the posters everywhere. Um, I, mm-hmm. My guess is the last episode. Like, the if, if the blue arm is indeed a Cree person and not someone from another dimension, she's got to show up with the Cree at some point, like, mm-hmm. or to, to fend off from the Cree. Um, so 
I don't know. Um, she's kind of been what side character in what two epi- two movies at the end credit scenes. Mm-hmm. So we're we're overdue for a Brie Larson uh, before the Marvels hits next summer, one year away. Um, anything else on this before we jump into the next Star Wars thing? Uh, let's roll. All right, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, this is a rumor. I think this has been a rumor forever, but I think even more so now than ever. Cameron Monaghan is rumored to for a live action series based on Cal Kestis, who is the character in the games. He looks just like him. They modeled him after him. Um, he's currently, you know, the first one was, you know, five years before Kenobi. So what? Five years after Return Revenge of the Sith. Um, the next game should be taking place same time as Kenobi. I would not be surprised if they pick up a show and do something around him, but I think the games are a pretty good place for him to live. Like, I, I don't I don't need a movie or TV show, I right? mean it. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if this was intentional, right? But when you make a whole video game character based off a real-life actor, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there. It's yeah. so easy to do. Like, they know how to act. It's not like, I'm not saying, like, a voice actor is not an actor, right? But, like, even like a voice actor doesn't always necessarily translate to screen one to one if they don't look like the character. We got lucky with like Bo Katan, right? Like I feel like that yeah. worked out really, really well. Uh, so I could see it there. But with this rumor, it almost kind of feels like I don't know if this is intentional, but like is Disney Plus trying to make like two different kind of isolated Star Eras. Wars like buckets, right? Yeah. We got uh we got kind of like the Obi-Wan, um we got the Obi-Wan Andor uh possibly uh uh Star Wars Fallen Order bucket and then yep. we have like the Mandalorian bucket. They're separated kind of too far in years to really have them cross over in a way without characters like really aging, right? Uh, but it that does seem like they have these two yeah. tracks running, but then also they have that kind of um, what's the uh, what's the that doctor show coming well, out? Well, it's not, not you're, thinking, you're thinking Doctor Afra, but like the yeah, dark dark, right. dark acolyte, which is mm-hmm. high, high Republic era, which is where all their current media yeah. focuses are. Yeah, so that would be kind of like three different time eras. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, because with this, it makes me think that they're building out the Obi-Wan. Yep. I mean, are we going to see Andor crossover with Obi-Wan? I mean, there's no... I feel like there's no pre-existing lore out there, right, where that would, like, destroy so, some sort of canon. That seems like it could be an easy crossover. Well, we talked about that would make us watch Andor, right, knowing that Obi-Wan was in it uh, along the way. My thought mm-hmm. process is a lot of the people who maybe he saw or were in Obi-Wan as, like, early rebels, right? Um, some of those characters may show up in the, the Andor show as well, mm-hmm. as, like, the early... You know, rebellion kind of going on here. I think Cal Kestis, I think, is great as a video game character, but I don't see the need to bring him into the live action. Like, it, why, why, I guess? What, what's the purpose? Now, the only thing I could see, the only reason I would be probably, like, a little bit giddy is if they bring, if, if Kenobi gets a second season and they bring him into contact, him, Cal and Obi-Wan together, right? Like, two Jedi would be you know, just as better, just as good as one Jedi. Uh, yeah, maybe they bridge. Maybe they like kind of put his appearance in between, like uh, maybe like the third video game, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like a new power he unlocks by because yeah. he met Obi Wan in the TV show. And he he well, I think he also um, in that trailer for that the new game, the Fallen Order, whatever the next one is, um, survival or survive whatever it's called there's that that back to tank with that one-armed sith in it or whatever that coming mm-hmm. after him so maybe if he needs since cal really wasn't in the order long enough to know 
history of Jedi. Maybe he's looking for someone who knows the history of like Jedi. He's instead. looking for his own lore dump. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Exactly. And and Obi Wan would have. One. There's always Yoda, but I I think bringing up Yoda before you know he meets Luke again would just do it kind of a disservice along the mm-hmm. way. So. Um, it, this is, there's ways that this can work, but I, overall, I don't think anyone's clamoring for a live-action um, Cal Kestis movie, or series, if you will, along the way. Uh, on the other side, the flip side, the lighthearted side of this is Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, coming to Disney+, Plus. I believe in August, maybe the 1st of August, end of July, somewhere in the summer. Uh, a new trailer dropped, and I did not know this, but Weird Al has written his own Scarif Beach Party song and will be in the show as part of the show. I had no idea. Um, this looks straight for kids. It, it, like I have no interest in watching this other than yeah. Weird Al. The Lego Lego Star Wars universe on Disney Plus is, feels like the new Charlie Brown, right? Like every holiday, yeah, we're gonna do every holiday. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, it it kind of leans in like. I know it's supposed to lean the goofiness, but like it's almost like robot chicken parody of some of this stuff. Like where the emperor is asking Vader in this trailer to rub him like down with lotion because he's, his shoulders get sunburnt. I'm like, this is like almost the, robot chicken parody here. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to watch this. If I had kids of the right age, I'd probably look forward to watching it with them a little bit. Uh, but there was one kind of funny joke that I liked where the emperor was on the beach. And somebody yeah. announced a competition for like ruler of like spring break or whatever. Yeah, that's, the emperor's the, like yeah. the emperor can't help himself. He has to. Yeah. He has to go for it. The so beach. I, I think like, it was like the beach ruler, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's funny. Even on vacation, he can't turn it off. Yeah. So that was funny. Yeah. And and like you said, it also canonically this 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 movie or episode or whatever it is can care less. Uh, there's like a young Ben Skywalker, right? Um, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi singing uh, a young Ittita Jabba, like, in Jabba's Palace's karaoke night. I don't know. I did see Max Rebo, and, you know, that gets a point in my book if you get Max Rebo in any of your shows. <laughs> so, Star Wars uh, um, Summer Vacation, Lego Star Wars, uh, check out the trailer with Weird Al's Scarif Beach Party theme song. Lastly, last bit episode, we had our season slash series finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi this week. No... No announcement on a season two, but boy, did they leave this open enough to that they could mm-hmm. easily do more of these shows. Um, either way, so spoiler alert for Obi-Wan Kenobi series as a whole, especially this last episode going forward. Um, I do have to make a, a call out here, Mike. Um, I think they fixed the lightsabers based on my complaint last <laughs> week uh, because I feel like these were a lot sharper, pointier edge lightsabers. And they got, they got your notes. <laughs> they did. They were like, hey, can we can we turn that down before we render it out for next week real fast, please? Thank you. Um, this this whole episode uh, is great because it, it, it really focuses on an Obi-Wan Kenobi-Vader duel, right? There's really nothing else a, a, about this episode along the way. Um, I, I forget. There's the parallel of the third sister slash Reva um, going to Tatooine, but the, the focus of this episode was the the rematch on this moon planet whatever it was between vader and, and obi-wan kenobi and um so, i i gotta say <laughs> i i really enjoyed uh seeing them battle each other again uh it was very much i didn't think we would get as much as we did i thought it would be more of a one and done like a, a little bit here a little bit there kind of like the first, that was it the second episode where he finds him mm-hmm. um but i was very impressed that you know to see them you know use their lightsabers use their force powers back and forth 
And for them to actually, this is a, an exact, you know, ripped out of Rebels, where Obi-Wan breaks Vader's helmet open, and um, to do the mixed voice of literally his human voice and his robot voice at the same time was, I, I thought I thought it was a really cool thing to do, because we've never had both at the same time. We've always had one or the other along the yeah, way. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, I, and I'll start off by saying, like, things that I liked about the episode, and that yeah. was the thing that I liked, is the altercation with Obi-Wan and Vader. Even though... It was predictable in a sense of we all knew that this was going to happen in the last episode, right? And we we all knew how it was going to end. It was going to end open-ended. They both can't die, right? Mm-hmm. And the status quo can't change so much. So it was more of just an emotional, cathartic fight for uh, Obi-Wan. It, tactically, it does seem... I, I get it, right? He is, he's, very, he's very emotionally connected like to Anakin, right? But they it does seem silly to like leave Vader alive. It almost seems like there should have been a moment where like Obi-Wan like had like the lightsaber, like right up to his neck or something. Mm-hmm. He was like about to cut that, like about to chop his head off, but like just couldn't do it or something like that. Because in my head, I just think of like, you're, you leaving him there alive. He's going to go murder and that, kill so many more people after you leave on that space. That is a trend for this show. Uh, if we can yes. flag one thing, <laughs> you, they're not checking any of the bodies to make sure they're dead along the way yeah at, at all and it's just from episode one through now if, if you you've got them down make sure they're dead because nobody's doing that yeah and like i totally believe that obi-wan would not be able to kill anakin right they have like an emotional connection but yeah. i feel like it just didn't quite uh fe- i didn't quite feel it on the screen that i needed to in order to not just like let's just nip this in the bud uh, right here, but the fight overall was really cool. There's lots of shots that feel like, oh, I can see the concept art that mm-hmm. was made for this episode. Right, I almost uh, wish that they did what the Mandalorian does right at the end of their episodes and kind of show that art because yeah. uh, I thought that would be really cool. So the fight was fun, but we all knew it was coming. We all knew mm-hmm. how it was going to end. There was some fun stuff in it, right? Because we get to kind of see Vader do some of the choreography that he was doing with Reva the previous episodes where he was successful and then Obi-Wan was like yeah. kind of good at uh, parrying it um, so well, the, I, I loved all of that stuff. The, the force rock throwing from Obi-Wan I never expected to see like he's just like mm-hmm. literally just bombarding Vader at a certain point with the rocks and like it's kind of like to me it, I draw a parallel to Dragon Ball right like you know um, Kenobi was down literally in a hole and he had to get a second win to come back and, and do this. But when he did, he was like literally whipping out techniques. He wasn't, you know, you don't normally know him for using, which was fantastic. Yeah, his, his power level was uh, over 9,000 uh, yeah. for sure there. But the whole the whole Reva side of things of that episode really made no sense to me, right? I was never entirely sure why she was on that planet. Did she, did she want to kill Luke to get back at, obi-wan did she want to kill luke because it was she knew it was vader's son she she said she said she wanted to kill him because to hurt vader but she doesn't know that he didn't he she does not know that he doesn't know he has a kid yeah a lot a lot of siloed information to like make that and then um I, i i get it right that people on a desert planet you know can be like badass but it's like they know 
like a Sith, a Sith, like one of the most powerful people like in the galaxy is like coming to kill them. And they're just like, no, 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 let's hunker down here. I think we can hold them off. I was like, this is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. No, hop in a speeder and fucking get out of there and yeah. wait until you can get on the phone with Obi-Wan. I just like, I, I, I get the whole thing like, oh, this is our farm. We're standing our ground. But it's just like. I could see that if you don't have all of the information. They know exactly who's coming for them. You are not going to stand a chance. And they didn't know she was injured either. If they knew she was, like, really injured and not up to, like, 100%, and I I suppose maybe they did know because that that dude that ran, like, the food court, like, probably called, like, called them up. I don't know. It just felt really silly. Why would Mm -hmm. you stick around? That's dumb. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I I guess that, to me... That makes sense in, like, the terms of, like, who, like, people who are moisturized. Like, that's the problem with them later on, right? Like, he's like, we don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to be bothered by people. Like, it's just it's just a, a character trait from Owen and, uh, and Baru from episode four brought backwards. Like, dragged back, right? Because he's like, I don't want to be dealing with this stuff. It's fine. I think, I think Rev, I agree with you. Rev is the worst part of this episode, right? Like, you know, she she doesn't really have a redemption arc. She just kind of ends where she is, and we don't know what what her next goal is. So that makes me think they're plotting this for a second like second season, or maybe she's in the Fallen Order game, the next one, which takes place because mm-hmm. because in Fallen Order, first Fallen Order, I call it call them Fallen Order. The first one with with Cal Kestis, he fights off the first sister, and I believe the seventh sister or ninth sister. So I could definitely see him teaming up with um, this character, another Inquisitor turned a, a turned Inquisitor in the video game. Uh, I mean, the way you're way. pitching it, it sounds like it wouldn't happen in a video game. It sounds yeah. like it would happen in a Disney Plus series. Well, it could, but it, but if but if they wanted to tie these two together somehow, they could, like because like oh you know, Cal's still dealing with Inquisitors. Who knows better? Inquisitors, oh, go find Reva. She will help mm-hmm. you deal with Inquisitors. I don't know. There's just a way that they could do it and bring that character and slash actress into there without doing it. But, like, they, they specifically left her alive, and it was weird to even have that, I guess. Like, it, it, it just felt very rushed along the way. Yeah. But but the, the focus the, of the episode was Vader versus Obi-Wan, which I think yeah. was the highlight of the episode yeah. by far. I think the... I think the oh, the last the last thing I will uh, 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 harp on until we can talk about like the fun cameo at the end was uh, they do this this same thing that they did in the previous episode where like Obi Wan constantly wants to throw himself on the sword right he's just like let me get out of here they will follow me I'm trying to save you people right he he's been doing it like the last two episodes right and then you think like he's on board right okay no i get it. i need to stay with these people i need to protect them then when they finally get away and they're flying away in that spaceship he just goes back to his same old plan of like let me fly away i'll distract them um and then he says vader says like follow follow kenobi because he's more worth it but then vader just ends up going down on that planet in his own ship like mm. couldn't vader have just gotten in his own ship and followed obi-wan and the big destroyer could have followed all of those uh rebels so that was one thing that was annoying and he's I think a sith just not, of, not an intelligent person <laughs> it overall contributes to what i was kind of talking about in the series it just kind of has like this sloppy and uh clunkiness to it but we got to see qui-gon again which yeah. they use the nostalgic cheat code i was like well oh, two, this is cool i like were, i kind of like seeing that well there are two cameos <laughs> one is the emperor played by in mcdiarmid again uh you know mm-hmm. I, I think what the longest appearing actor in any star wars thing Mount James Earl Jones. I take it back. James Earl Jones. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you know, 
that was that was it was small but minor, but it was good to see. You know, they had the real actor back, right? You know, that was that was nice. And then again, Qui Gon Jinn, of course, walking off with a. I wouldn't say rejuvenated Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's not living in his cave anymore, right? I don't know what his next journey is, but I don't think he's afraid to leave the planet anymore if he needs to. Mm-hmm. So that makes me feel like they're setting up like an Obi-Wan Kenobi possibly crossover with Andor. Maybe this Cal Kestis dude, possibly a season two where he's, you know, fully is on board with setting up the, the rebellion. But like, I don't think we need to see him with Luke and Leia anymore. Like, they're fine. They are protected where they are. Let's get them off world, off like you said, the sand planets, and get them somewhere, you know, before we bring them back in and put them put them out to pasture, if you will, on, yeah. on the sand. Also, farms. for from a story standpoint, Obi Wan can't really spend any more time with these kids, right? Like yeah. it, it's it, it will ruin the original movies. Yep. Like these kids will start to remember him, uh, right? I like I could see like maybe like one more interaction with like Luke, but it would just have to be just like a passing by just so he yeah. knew who old crazy Ben is. Right. Yeah. But I would say even from the last, like with the last scene with uh, Luke, they said, Oh, do you want to meet him? That could yeah. be enough there. Right. Oh, exactly. Then, I think just, just leave them both alone from now on and, and go do some more Jedi around. I, I, I honestly could see him possibly even meeting up with Yoda, him, Yoda and Qui-Gon having like a, like a, a three-way meeting like on mm-hmm. Dagobah would be pretty interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Something like that could still happen. Because they need to talk about the rebellion and stuff, but like, what it doesn't line up on is, you know, Ben knows Leia is his sister, but like in A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back, he's like, well, he's our last hope. What are we going to do? And you're just like, there's another. I'm like, Ben knows Leia's there, right? Like, Mm-hmm. What what? I guess maybe what's changed his mind. I guess or they just leave it as is. It doesn't really matter. I would hold the movies more canonical over this episode yeah. episodic stuff. But it's just yeah. this it, is interesting. It does start to get a little bit uh, mentally exhausting too. Watching all of these um, prequel yeah. driven Star Wars stories because you just constantly are like pinging in your brain whether you want to or not. It's not like you're being like a uh, an overlord nerd and like trying to correct what you're watching but your brain constantly is yeah. pinging all of these other things that you've watched in the star wars universe and you're trying to like square it and stick like the round peg in the kind of oval shaped hole yeah. that they've made so it gets a little stressful well, that's... so i don't i don't know if any star wars creator right now is lined up to make something brand new that's not attached to anything you know post ray I don't know if that's well, possible. If that's well, on the list, Ta- Taika is making something. He says it's not connected um, well, to anything. Well, who knows what that means timeline-wise? Because I mean, theoretically, you could say like it's a freaking galaxy, right? right. I, you could make a whole Star Wars movie on a planet, right? Well, and that just literally never talks about Jedi's or but, anything. It can just be a rom-com. Yeah. It just well, happens on a planet. What I'm gonna say is, I think the time doesn't matter because the Mandalorians has proved that you can have it right after or in between trilogies and it works. The problem is writing in characters that are huge parts of everything else. Mm. Um, well, Bo- Boba Fett didn't work because literally he ties his ties to Jango Fett, the clone troopers and all his story. Obi-Wan's okay, but like he has to be in, in pl- he goes from a to B and he has to be from start at a and end at B and you can't do anything else that contradicts that the Mandalorian, well, the- he's just creating whatever he wants along the way. 
Well, also, The Mandalorian is having this extra advantage of they don't necessarily have to lean into, uh, like, the Skywalker storyline, necessarily. Like, it seems like they're setting up those—they're going to spend a whole lot of time on Mandalore. They're going to lean into what that culture is, Mm -hmm. what it is to live on that planet, like, you know— maybe like a Game of Thrones-esque style ascension to who's going to control that planet. So they're just leaning into a totally different side of Star Wars that hasn't really been tapped into. Right. Uh, But the timeline doesn't matter. They could have put that anywhere and it still work, right? Well, yeah, because we're lucky because it's not like there was a character in like um, in Rise of Skywalker that yeah. offhandedly mentioned, oh yeah, remember when Mandalore blew up last week? Yeah, and because if, if that would have happened, they would have had to they they would have had to adhere to that, right? So in um and, in and that show, well, the greatest they do adhere to like the this Clone Wars. But that's still Dave Filoni, right? He, that's his still mm-hmm. little storyline. But like, you can put something in between episodes three and four that are not. Skywalker related and be pretty good. And I think, you know, Andor aside, because it's a prequel, we know how he ends. I think if you have a good story and good characters, they don't have, like you said, they don't have to tie into the Skywalker saga, but they could literally place it anywhere and be just as good as the Mandalorian. So, um, that, yeah, but like I said, Obi-Wan, I think it's a, it's a fun show. It had an emotional ending, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter like what, what it did. No, one thing that was never really clear in that newest trilogy, right? They never really made a point to say how big. What? Wait. So it's the Empire in the original trilogy, right? What is the? What are the bad guys called in the new trilogy? The first first order. The first order, right? Yeah. So the first order, we never really got a clear example of how big the first order like was, like what their reach was, what their political power. Because at least the as uh, as bad as the prequels were uh, from a, like a storytelling like a fun perspective, at least there was a lot of lore that was attributed to the rise of the empire. We get yeah. to see a senate take control and get its hands all over all of these planets all across the galaxy. So we have an idea that the empire is the status quo that needs to be toppled. And the new trilogy, it was never really clear how big the First Order got. It almost just kind of seemed like a scrappy group of bad guys that built a new Death Star inside of a mm. planet, and that's kind of how they got a little bit of, uh, you know, legwork. So it seems like there's a lot of room in there to yeah. tell a story because it seems like it's not clear who exactly well, was and, powerful. I don't know. Well, there's also the the kind of left-off piece there of, like, you know, Finn being, like, they were uh, you're kidnapping children and turning them into stormtroopers at a young age, right? Where's that whole storyline? That'd be great to, to kind of delve into the the things the First Order was doing that's even worse than the you know the Empire because they had you know volunteers as stormtroopers. So there, there's some opportunity leading up to that, but I don't think anyone knows or cares about anything that happens between um, seven and nine at all. Like there's like a big it's a big ball of yarn or like Christmas lights that need untangled and no one yeah. wants to do it. It um, almost. It almost seems like a. I, I I feel like I'm also almost pitching the idea in my head of what uh, uh, Avatar and the Legend of Korra did, uh, right? Where uh, there was this group of people that are just like all of you, like powerful, like benders out there. You're the worst. Like you have these huge unchecked powers, and us normal people are just down here in the gutter, just wishing that we could be special and be able to defend ourselves with rocks, fire, or wind, or whatever. Maybe this like newer 
future of Star Wars. Like somebody just like says, are you guys tired of these force users just destroying mm-hmm. the galaxy, right? Whether they're on the light side or the dark side, there's always a freaking planet blowing up somewhere. I don't know, maybe somebody rises to power on the promise of like, I'm going to equalize things better for us. And maybe the, that's kind of like the bad guy or something. Well, the expanded universe had a... Um set of creatures or a race called the Yuzan Vong who were force resistant. Um, so actually force users were useless against them, um, which I think would be, you know, expanded universe was great. That's what they actually did after, you know, um, the empire fell uh, in the book. Mm-hmm. So like bring those characters or that, that race, that species back into the fold from the outer rim and be like, look, yep, we've got real problems. Oh, Sith and Jedi can't beat them too bad. We got to rely on real people along the way. So, It'd be interesting to see that, I think. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of opportunity here. We don't need to keep milking the characters we know and love. Um, it's great to see you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen back on screen. Great nostalgia, great little factor. We might, you know, appreciate it more when more stuff is filled in or done later. But, like, you know, at this time, like, so we want to see the new stuff. We want to see the new stories. Um, and you can include lightsabers in that, including cool black ones. I love a black lightsaber. Uh, anything else before we end it up, Mike? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I think I think that's it for this week, Chris. All right. So uh, we'll put we'll take some of this dead space whale, uh, wrap it up, take it home, feed it to our <laughs> desert camel-looking thing here. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, sir? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at Pickled Comics. Dot com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, if people know about the show, what we're doing uh, to get our, you know, getting ready for our Thor Love and Thunder review coming in a couple of weeks, can they find all that good stuff at? Oh, head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all of our episodes and our awesome show notes and if you want to see our upcoming release calendar of all these films coming out this summer we got a great tool over there where you can get just a nice little list of everything that's coming out that will definitely be updated uh, once we get kind of that amazing uh, San Diego Comic Con news dump that we're all looking forward to so you can find that at SuperheroSlate.com you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and you get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you. Please reach out. What did you think of the season finale, series finale, whatever it is of Obi-Wan? Are you looking forward to another season? What do you want to see out of Star Wars? What's your pitch me an idea for where you think we should go after Rise of Skywalker? I'm curious what people's uh, concepts and thoughts are. Uh, but we love you, and we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week folks at least half of us will i'll be on vacation next week but chris will be here holding yes. down holding down the house and uh we love you that's right we will catch you guys next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe